our first big swing is with Grant Wall. I'm announcing it right now on this podcast. We have not taken this oh, public yet. Hell yeah. Ooh, oh, news. wow. That's awesome. We need to be doing that. A podcast that combines sports, social media content, and life. Though we make no promises, we'll stick to those topics each episode. I'm Jonah Ballo. I'm Keith Steckler. And on this podcast, we'll often focus on the sports content and creative we see in life and share between the three of us. We need to be doing that. I'm Elliot Gerard. These are the discussions we have most days in person or group text. Now with the microphones on and recording. We've known each other since 2009. We have experience in ad agencies and marketing, digital content across teams in the NBA, and creative for brands, teams, and athletes. Come on, we need to be doing that. All right, guys, I think uh, this is a great time to be talking about podcasting. It's pretty interesting to have a guest here who has a company called Blue Wire and all about podcasting and what better place to talk about it than on an actual podcast. So this is going to be a great conversation. We welcome on Kevin Jones, the CEO of Blue Wire. And, you know, right off the bat, we have to hit you with a question of what athlete would you want to hear on a podcast who doesn't have one currently? I think Chad Ochocinco, to be honest. I don't think he's been packaged. Oh, man, that's a good one. That is a good one. He's so ADD that I don't know. But yeah, that was that's always been a unicorn. Yeah, that was a great answer. So you nailed it right out of the gate. Uh, Kevin, you know, we started our podcast. um, What is it now? Four weeks ago? Four or five weeks ago? Yeah. COVID. It's COVID the podcast. Yeah, that's yeah, COVID, yeah, COVID exactly. So we started the podcast. forcing people to create more content. I, you know, I don't like COVID, of course, but you, you know, yeah. you guys are creating content right now, so it's great. Yeah. In the sense that it's forcing people to do things like they wouldn't have before. There, there's been some upsides to the, the the pandemic for personal people that aren't affected. Um, I talk about this on calls all the time with folks. People are like, "How are you?" And some people are like, oh, I'm good. And then we go through it. And then people are like, hey, you know, there's been some upsides to this. And I think people creating more content has been one of the For upsides. Sure. Yeah, and definitely the ability to create their own. And I think that's where we land on Blue Wire and what you're doing. And I think for the three of us, you know, we've worked uh, with teams, leagues, obviously with uh, the agency that we're at now. And I think some of the things that we find interesting is working directly with athletes and helping them fuel their own platform, you know, whether it's social accounts, whether it is their own podcast. And that's what basically attracted me to what you guys were doing is the fact that you had athlete driven podcasts where they're the hosts, they're the talent, and you get to hear directly from them. And there's no real middleman. Tell us about the company and your approach and, and really how you feel that athletes can rise to the top of the content game without, you know, having go to one of the big major platforms. Essentially turned a network effect of Twitter sports influencers into getting athletes interested. A lot of our content creators get a lot of impressions. We found some different voices that got Megan Rapino and Sue Bird interested in their agency, Wasserman, Baron Davis, who's an entrepreneur and investor in in San Francisco and LA, like me and my team, just rubbing elbows with certain folks. There, there is a need. People want to speak. These athletes won't want to voice their opinions. Sometimes on sports, sometimes silly, like Megan and Sue getting a little tipsy, drinking wine, and having a Saturday night show. How do we build on top of that? That's the stuff. So I think the the big thing in the industry, guys, Spotify has changed the whole thing. Yeah. All the acquisition they're doing has woken everyone up. It's woken up the platforms. It's woken up the athletes. Everyone sees Bill Simmons and Joe Rogan and the big money that's being flashed right now. 
in, you know, we set this company up a couple of years before that started happening. And now people are, are catching up like, okay, audio is hot. People are a little sick of the screen. It's kind of nice to put this in, in your ears. And yeah, with athletes, my approach, you'll, you'll see a lot of mini series from us. We, we don't want to do 52 weeks, uh, you know, one, once a week or twice a week with every athlete. We want to do like six highly targeted episodes. Uh, um, I'll give you an example, you know, Baron's Point God series. We want Steph Curry, Westbrook, CP3. How do we leverage these conversations uh, and, and just wrap it in a mini series called that season one? Gimlet and Wondery have, have done this before, too. Mm-hmm. 30 for 30 started all of this, too. I, you know, Spotify, there's so many different like spokes to this wheel that are happening, but people are interested in creating content right now. I think technology and ESPN's 30 for 30 have gotten us to this point where just audio and storytelling, it's, it's on the rise. It, it's not going down. It's going to be going up the next couple of years. What do you think it is about podcasting that is so enticing? And I mean, it really is. It's just people talking to, into a mic. We know that radio has been successful for generations and Howard Stern and, and the, the elite people in their fields have risen to the top and changed the industry. But what is it that has sort of sparked this podcast revolution and where do you think it is for a viewer, a consumer? Why do you think they are interested in that piece of content? Audio, we used to not be able to choose what we wanted. We flipped on the radio and it was, uh, what is this? This song. Now with podcasting and, and Spotify and streaming, we get the choices. We haven't had, like for the first time, you know, just think of the last five years. You can now search whatever you want for audio and get, get something close to that. And so there's, how does audio become more like search? How does it become more like YouTube? There should be even more content. It should be more educational. It will be interesting. I think there'll be some platform wars. Think of this as Game of Thrones. Like they're early on, like King's Landing, really just they're just out in front. And now how do all these other houses react to all this stuff? I think is, you know, we're kind of the, like hunters and gatherers, really my startup, Blue Wire. We're, we're trying to play a little bit with all these high lords and leverage their platforms into into deals i just think there's a cool ecosystem in audio that if you build a network you're going to be able to kind of leverage it in different areas mm-hmm. um, and get people excited is what we're learning two of the series that i really thought were really interesting that you that you're doing is um the mamba one and, and the kid um i love this whole idea and i guess 30 for 30 started it of doing like podumentaries <laughs> i guess you're really diving into a subject uh, like it's actual documentary. Just wanted to hear more about that process and how it's different than, you know, maybe a Baron Davis doing uh, where he's interviewing players and whatnot. We have our podcast network. That's where our weekly talk shows live. Laker Film Room is, is one of our best ones there. The Lakers actually just hired him mm-hmm. to be a video content creator and how our, his podcast feed is going to live with us. We find these influencers. We do a rev split with them. We give our best ones some, you know, some guaranteed upfronts. And, you know, we monetize their audio. The athletes, yeah, you know, similar scenario there with with higher price tags on the the athletes. And then you're right. This is a whole different side for us is the storytelling. Our first big swing is with Grant Wall. I'm announcing it right now on this podcast. We have not taken this public yet. Hell yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. We have Grant Wall working, a very respected soccer journalist. How can he produce six episodes putting a microscope on a story? We, we see these these really good writers who the Athletic just fired a lot of them. How do we build a podcast? What, what if they did five podcasts a year instead of 35 articles? Um, so what, you know, right. They really honed in on something. 
is the industry going to change that much? We're, we're trying to bet that it will. And we can catch talent in different ways. And a podcast actually isn't, oh, every Thursday we're going to show up. MLB Network's doing something on Ken Griffey uh, Sunday. We have one coming out in October on him that's more about Black culture and how Black stars have been fading. And we're talking to folks like Dusty Baker to get involved. And, you know, we want to, we want to tell stories. So that's Blue Wire Originals. But we're still going to have our podcast network. Where, where content uh, can live. We can get all into investors how we pitch ourselves, but we really pitch ourselves as Shopify. Think of Shopify working with Kim K, Adidas, Budweiser, the infrastructure for all those and all the small merchants as well. We haven't built our tech yet, but building those type of partnerships, uh, high, high level ones that, that we do, we're looking to get some pro teams up there. So for us, it's you know, a, a pro team, uh, you know, a Grant Wall, you know, s- some of these big stars, and then also people who get $3,000 an episode. Let's bundle all that content together as well. There's value. We can promote different content on different channels. Laser focused on audio, laser focused on audio. That's kind of our, we're leveraging that expertise right now in the marketplace. Do you think given um, the last dance, more teams would be interested in doing these kind of documentaries where they talk about, like, let's say, I don't know, the 99 Knicks want to talk about their AC you know, magical run to the, the finals or something like that. You think that that teams would be more into it because of a Last Dance uh, documentary that got so much, uh, well, you know. Teams are sitting on so much content that they haven't repurposed ever in audio, ever. They've written about it. They've done video series. I used to work for the Cleveland Browns. They do Building the Browns. Mm-hmm. They kind of do it with the local ABC partner, and they do four episodes. All of this should be audio. They should have a Jim Brown series, how they have a YouTube mm-hmm. channel. Their audio isn't developed out yet. It's really not. It's it's a lot of stripped out radio shows, pasted, copied and pasted in still mm-hmm. for a lot of these teams. They have not developed. All these pro teams have so much history and rich content and can build nostalgia and can upsell a brand or even create new business for, for pods. Yeah, we, we want to participate and help them. You know, we were in contract talks with a couple different teams, not going to tease any of those yet, but we, we see this being a core business for us that Very cool. we, we got our hands on an NFL survey. Uh, they, they distributed like a 50 page deck to every team, like prioritizing podcasts and just showing some of the bigger ones in the league. It was the Eagles. It was the Chiefs and a podcast uh, listener is viewed as way more of, of a potential buyer than just a video view or an article view. There's less podcast listeners, but they're they're more engaged in the content. Too many teams are just taking their 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 radio stuff and copying and pasting it as podcasts. That that's not the audience here. That's that's not what they want. They want to they they want this. They want the raw, authentic conversation. That not hey, we're going to break right after this. They they yeah. just they don't yeah. want that feel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we, yeah. We go, in pitch, we go in and pitch teams that that your content right now for audio is not good. You got to redo this whole thing. You mentioned a little bit about um, Spotify and some of the the show deals that have gone on. And we've often talked about, you know, podcasting and audio in general feels very much like the OTT wars. And it's a little early days, but it feels like that's where it's going, where everybody's doing a land grab for content. I mean, is that you're, you're in the trenches much more than we are. Is that what you're seeing or where do you, what's your, what's your take on that? I was saying this is all predictions and just based off a lot of conversations and reading, but you know, Amazon and Alexa, it's in almost every household. They've disrupted other industries mm-hmm. before. They can disrupt news. They really could. They could figure it out if they put the time and resources and energy. The the news audience could could shift from TV to audio. People are looking at content. 
I think Amazon will get the NFL rights. I think Netflix could get like college basketball. March Madness could be on Netflix in a couple of years. And then you, you look at these platforms, Netflix having to create their own audio channels as well to up, they want to up their price to $20 a month instead of 13. Hey, you're getting all this podcast content too. Hulu having to do the same HBO having to do the same. I think audio is going to have to be an upsell eventually. Spotify is trying to break that model. They're trying to break the RSS feed where you plug this in and it goes everywhere. They, they, they're ending that with Joe Rogan. They're trying to bring all Bill's content in there. I just, I don't think I don't think Netflix is going to want to do their content with someone as small as Spotify if they're if they're already bigger. And same with Amazon, mm-hmm. they're, they're they're going to want to participate too. They they look at Spotify as like smaller than them. Facebook's interesting. We've talked with them. Twitter coming out with the audio thing today. Like, mm-hmm. so I got the invite to Clubhouse, which is a really buzzy app out here in Silicon Valley. It has potential. I could see sports coverage. Podcasting isn't live. What if we had mm-hmm. 10 people listening to us right now and someone had a really good comment and bringing them into this discussion? That element does not exist right now. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I could go on and on. The the space is the space is ripe for disruption. We're we're definitely talking to all the major big players. I don't want to get acquired or anything. We want to like I said it's Game of Thrones. We want to play with all the big houses. Uh-huh. I, I dig that approach. I mean, I, I think it, you're right. It, it's interesting because I think some people are like, well, everybody's got a podcast. Well, it hasn't been done really well across the board in the sense that, you know, there's so much more room to grow. So it's exciting to hear that. I mean, you know, my background was in radio. So I feel like, you know, it again, it's a build on that and a better experience. Exactly what you said. We don't have to take a break every you know, 10 minutes and break up a great conversation, we can have a natural flow to it. And I, I have to ask you, since you're so deep into this, what makes a good podcast? Um, gosh, I mean, it, the audience is everything. So, you know, getting the audience and to me, it, it, I don't know a podcaster who's not really good at Twitter. It, I just, it, it'd be super hard, honestly, like that's really, it feels like where the discussion is, or, or unless they were like a superstar on Reddit, or a superstar on YouTube, or a superstar on IG, leveraging another platform. It feels like Twitter is where you talk to the people who come listen to you as well. They want morsels of other nuggets that you you drip 45 minutes on a podcast. They want some paragraphs during the week too. So, you know, what makes a good podcast is is the creator. <laughs> I love analogies that this my team gets so with one. The content creator is the golfer. He has a golf bag. He has a driver, but he gets to pick what the driver is. Is it his podcast? Is it his YouTube channel? Is it her IG live? You have a sand wedge. You have to play with all these tools. And it's, it's really like, you know, and you're, you have to look at your content, what you're creating. How, how can the podcast, how can you leverage it best? Are you trying to use it to get new business? Are you trying to use it to get a big audience and get ads there? It just depends. Like, Folks that are, you know, a thousand listens and less, it should be a business tool. It honestly, you're never going to really monetize it to where you're like, oh, this is awesome. Brands pay $25 per thousand listens. So like this podcast, yeah, if you guys were trying to close a good deal or spur business, that's what I would recommend. So just figuring out what, what that tool is in your bag. Baron Davis wants it for X. Lisa Leslie wants it for Y. Like mm-hmm. fi- figure out, okay, the end result of this, we've done a bunch of these interviews what's coming out of it. We try and help people think of the long, the long vision of it. You kind of t- touched upon this about live podcasting and why that hasn't, um, why do you think that hasn't uh, picked up? And you think like 
all these Zoom meetings and everyone having to work at home and whatnot will lead to live podcasts? Because that seems like a very interesting um, idea <laughs> that hasn't been uh, explored. Twitch will say they are live podcasts. There's certain people will, will say it is going on or like an IG live where people can comment and then they podcast that after. So the word podcast is really weird. It's really kind of like to some folks, a stripped out version of another show. And to some it's, it's, an, they're at, it's their main talk show too. Yeah. Answering that question. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one. We, we look at feeds. We look at how can we build a big feed over time? We want to leverage an, an, a big audience for purchasing power and just think of it as a YouTube channel. You go on a YouTube channel with 13,000 followers or one that has 300,000 followers, which one has more cliche, you know, or not cliche, which, which one has more clout, which one has more, you know, audience. So it, it, it's hard to build that though. It really is. But yeah, we, we try and build big feeds. The three of us, and, and I'll throw you in there too, um, have been doing this social thing for the better part of a decade, let's call it 10 years. And it's always been this struggle of like, how do you prove the ROI on this thing, this social thing, this tweet, this Facebook post? And I have to think a lot of that is happening now with with podcasts. So, you know, how are you working? How are you legitimizing and how are you helping people understand the return on investment on these things? Because I'm sure it's very much like social was in, in the early days and very much still is. It, it's tough right now with ads, 100%. Direct response guys want measurement, 100%. And we feel like it adds way more than just the measurement, that there is actually brand awareness happening. And so that's that's the main battle right now with networks like mine and Crooked Media is like, yeah, we're doing renewals, but we're, we're trying to wean off of that. We, we, want, we want just brand awareness. We don't want to be measured. Harry'sRazors.com slash Blue Wire. It, we're, you know, us reading that and us us mentioning it, doing some social posts is is worth more than that. So we're attacking it on the sponsorship side now. We see a lot of sports sponsorships probably leaving stadiums, less people going in there. There's going to be dollars shifting. You guys, this is your guys's world. Um, I brought in Maggie Lanter from Wasserman. She was a brand manager there, but we we attack from the ad agency side and then we attack from the sponsorship side. Ad agencies are. It's twenty five dollars CPM, no matter what. It's it's typical podcast. Then sponsorships, you know, for Grant Wall. How do we get a couple tweets sponsored by him too, and a couple other things as well, make it more fully immersive. Where where Harry's Razors really just wants a mid roll, sixty seconds measurement. How does it perform? They have a model. They they've done podcast ads for a while. The sponsorship guys, we're trying to get to try it. Hey, this is more your model. We'll get some social. We'll check some boxes. Um, I would say, you know, our revenue is going to be seven figures this year. It's, it's definitely a struggle. Like it is, I, I don't want to act like I'm like creating this awesome company. It's not hard. I would say the brand conversations are the hard, hardest piece for us where we have the talent revving, we have the production, the operations, everything's good. And then we just have to get scale. We have to get an audience where brands are like, okay, big dollars. And and we'll get there 100%. But seed stage problems, venting to you guys now. I'm going on and on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's interesting to hear the inside stories. You know, I think everybody has this sort of uh, glorified view of Silicon Valley and starting your own company and then just making <laughs> it big and not seeing the grind or hearing what goes into it. So it's, it's great to have this perspective, especially on our podcast, because we like to talk about the making of things and uh, what goes into it. 
What have been some of the challenges that you faced with athletes in my past and working on teams and, and just getting them to consistently put out content and chasing them down and, and making sure that they're fully invested and not, you know, a quarter invested into that kind of content piece. What have you seen so far with, you know, the athlete driven content and maybe some of the challenges that you've had to overcome? Oh yeah. I mean, athletes are used to showing up and, um, you know, getting guided a, a lot of them and we've, We've luckily missed on, or not missed, but just some missed opportunities where we didn't do work with folks because we we didn't know if they'd be truly brought in, bought in, or really wanted a paycheck. So we we love working with Ian Happ, who we just signed. He started a podcast by himself. He he's an entrepreneur at heart. He's like, I need to be talking to my fans, and he started something good, and now he came to us. How do we take it to the next level? How 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 can you guys add some more support, create some more content off of this? help me book more guests outside of my Cubs teammates, help me further the discussion. You know, we, we actually, we, we take a fair amount of inbound. We really do. We have some really good relationships with WME and CAA and Wasserman and all these folks who hit us up with people, you know, they X is interested in maybe creating some audio. So we really look for folks already doing it or, or like who are really good at Twitter or really good at social already. If you're an X, coach and you just you, you are a big name but you're, you're not talking to an audience we're not as interested in working with you uh, we've talked to a lot of former nfl you know receivers running backs and we, at the end of the day we were just like i don't think this is going to be a hit and we don't want to waste their time either where you know 800 people are listening and they're expecting a big paycheck and it's just it's not going to be that so that yeah what, the, uh, the, the, the challenges are some of them think they're going to get a lot of downloads when they won't and like really kind of <laughs> hit if, their if, ego. <laughs> if you haven't seen since you last scored a touchdown in 2015, like your audience is not there. It's yeah. not. You may have a hundred thousand followers, but they're not engaged into anything you're creating. And you just out of the blue starting a podcast. So we've had we've had some good come to Jesus moments with some athletes, like coming to terms with I have followers but not an audience. And that's the conversation that's kind of tough to have with them. Um, you know, you talk about how, you know, this is a struggle and, and, and it's, a um, you know, a risk to, to, to try to start something like this. Obviously you guys are doing great at it, but what, um, what inspired you to do this? And is there a specific podcast that might've, I I know you probably don't want to promote a podcast that's not in your network, but, um, my backstory. So I was in the media. I, uh I didn't cover the agency side like you guys. I covered the Redskins. I covered the Browns. Um, I worked team side for the Browns I mentioned. So Right when Johnny Manziel was in the building, it was absolute shit show. Um, Josh <laughs> I can Gordon, only imagine. <laughs> it was awesome. Paul Kruger was one of my really good friends. I hung out with him all the time. Went to his wedding. Dante Whitner and I went to his. You know, I developed relationships with athletes. Now, you know, Baron Davis found out through me through another athlete. Like people, I've I've got my name out there. Not a, you know enough where I have a, like a degree of separation with some execs in the NFL. Being the Browns building was amazing. They fire everyone. They fire every single person. So they're all, they're all everywhere else. They're all in the Falcons. They're all, in, you know, working for this now. I got fired from there 100%. Um, you know, it's that was a really eye-opening experience, just being in a cutthroat environment where it wasn't just the team that was a disaster. It was the front office that was a disaster. Yeah. And everyone hating each other. And just like, I was freaking writing articles for clevelandbrowns.com. I was like in the middle of all this shit. People were like, don't say this about Johnny. Like every word I wrote was being... <laughs> So like my experience there was like, oh wow, I don't want anyone to touch my content. Like this feels like 
I didn't like it. So I moved to San Francisco. KMBR had a job opening. I took a pay cut um, and covered the Warriors. And I saw Cap, Neil. So I, I've seen some cool sports stories, but I, I, I didn't have a good experience working in radio or team side. I was just like, I don't have a future doing this. I'm really like a rented mule, essentially, uh-huh. um, kind of just creating content. There's no way I could be here 20 years. There's no growth from being a content creator team side or or even at a radio station. I, yeah, I was at KMBR. What was I going to end up being the digital content manager? And then I would have to become sales, which I didn't want to do, at least for an organization. I left. I, I was just like, so I was like, am I walking away from sports? I don't know what I'm doing. I worked at Facebook for a year, learned a lot and realized I can't do that either. Um, and I kept podcasting and tweeting about the 49ers, even though I left the industry. I was like, you know what? Let me write a few paragraphs a week and split them up into some tweets. And you can scroll through my feed. I've, I've kept engagement. I've kept an audience. And, and mm-hmm. um I, I launched Blue Wire and I just started DMing people. I just started DMing anyone who had a podcast. I started making a CRM list, essentially, of sales pipeline of content creators and looking at their, their audience, looking at support we could provide them. And it, it just started rolling. We added a podcast or two a week and it just it started rolling downhill. 500 startups invested. They were the first ones. I'm rubbing elbows with investors out here. I'm, it's, I, I would not have started this if I wasn't in San Francisco. No way. People mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. really push you. They're like, what are you working on? And I wasn't working on anything. I was at Facebook kind of mailing it in. And I was like, I got to do something. I have this network of sports people. Yeah. It, honestly, it feels like a dream sometimes. It, like sometimes <laughs> a nightmare. Yeah, sometimes 100% nightmare. But uh, <laughs> it, it's nice not having a boss. I'm not going to lie. Like I ran into too many issues. Yeah. And just I, I realized I am an entrepreneur. Wait, I want to decide how this is this all operates. Yeah. That was, that was the ticket for me. The the key to it all. Very cool story. I can, uh, I can feel a lot of the pain there from (laughs) my past experiences as well. So I I understand it very closely. We have similar backgrounds, but you know, we, the three of us have talked about this a lot and we deal with it a lot when we're creating content for clients. And I always preach this, that it's not just the content you're making. It's the content off of the content you're making. And I see podcasts in a similar way. It's not just the podcast. It's the you know potential pieces of uh, content that you can create in social, whether it's animations, whether it's artwork, whether it's uh, clips that are its own living piece. And there's just- How does this grant wall, I'll just reveal it. It's on Freddie Adu. This, it's called mm, American Prize. Nice. How do we turn that into a documentary film? To right. Peacock, HBO Max. Uh-huh. There, there's, there's a content ecosystem. like It's almost like a spider web right now. One piece can come become something, but it feels like podcasting is living in this place where it can touch upstream, downstream. It can. There's lots of different touch points, just depending on the content and the person. It can be utilized different ways. We're not experts. We're learning, but we have 100 podcasts. We publish 700 episodes monthly. We know which ones stink on our network. We know which ones are awesome, and we kind of we do a lot of A/B testing. We just we're learning. This has been awesome to uh, to get the inside scoop on Blue Wire and hear from Kevin Jones. Kevin, I'm going to do the thing that Keith always hates and makes fun of me. Tell us where we can find you on social media. <laughs> it's so annoying. This is crazy. My name's Kevin Jones. I get Jonas brother requests because my DMs are open. Kevin Jonas. <laughs> you get that in when people like accidentally. So people DM me like once a week. Kevin, love your music. Give me free tickets. It's so it's so. <laughs> Mister underscore Kevin Jones. 
Mr. Underscore Kevin Jones. It was either that or Kevin Jones 6644. I, I didn't know what to do. Uh, yes, Kevin Jones, very, very common name. And then, yeah, BlueWireLive.com <laughs> will be going on website makeover now. So enjoy the, the this version of it. And then, yeah, guys, exciting stuff. Last thing I wanted to cover, we are going to open up our platform this summer for for folks who want to give podcasting a shot and uh, and pay up for Audio Boom or Anchor. How um, turning Blue Wire into that as well, like a Blue Wire grassroots, we we feel like that's another piece missing in the ecosystem. There's nowhere for a 22 year old to go right now. He's kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we develop that minor league and pick some stars and also have them pay us monthly as they as they learn? Great. We'll uh, keep an eye on the progress. You know, the Grant Wall stuff is excellent because this is not only one of the best writers in soccer, but in you know sports. And it was really sad to see him go from Sports Illustrated. So now that we're going to see his content and and live somewhere else, this is an opportunity I think for writers like as you said that you know may have gotten let go uh, because of everything that's happened. Now they can maybe find a home for content creation. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. that. That was some great news. That's a wrap for this week. Thanks for listening to the We Need to Be Doing That podcast. Visit we need to be doing that.com for more episodes and contact information.